Good. Right. Happy Easter and welcome back to the Bakery Season 2, Episode 4. Thank you for the continued support this season. Now, if you are watching live, please head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow there. It helps out more than you can imagine. And also a big thank you to everyone. As so far, I'm seeing more audio listeners, sorry, audio listeners each episode than all of the previous season combined. So let's try and smash those numbers again with this door trouble show. Today we welcome Toronto Ultra head coach Marky B and Toronto's latest addition to the starting lineup insight. How are we, fellas? Feeling good, not man. too bad. Let's go, let's go. I mean, before we get into it today, I do just want to say as well, Fort Scott to a team who showed sheer determination yesterday to play the way he did whilst going through a tough family loss. So I hope him and his family overcome it soon. So, boys, last night, man, MWSL, 3-1 loss. What are the takeaways from it? Uh, I'll let you go first, Mark. You're the coach. Uh, yeah, I think we're pretty positive still. I think there was a lot of good moments in it from, from us. Um Little things we could have done differently maybe going into it, but I think that overall we've had a positive week, so we're kind of staying in that mindset, just going into the major, try to keep riding high, um, regardless of where we finish off, obviously, depending on today's, today's results. We could be in winner's bracket, we could be in loser's bracket, but regardless, just try to stay positive because uh, we have been making massive impro- improvements, and that's just from practice, and I think that's been our mentality, just um, trusting what we're doing in practice is going to result in the same thing in matches. Yeah, yeah. And what about from your perspective as a player, Joan? Uh, I mean, obviously, it, it sucked to lose. Um, we lost by such narrow margins. Mm. But all in all, like after the game, we all sat there and we were like, you know, it was nice because like, NYSL in the conversation being one of the top three teams in the game right now. Mm. It was nice to sit there and actually give them a, a run for their money. And it, we could be sat there as a unit thinking, like, we are good enough to do this. Like, a few more reps, a bit more practice, we can be up there doing, like, arguing for top three. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think overall, just watching you lot recently, the last two weeks, there's been a clear improvement just in team overall and the way you guys are performing. I mean, opening question for you two boys, which is the same that we do for every guest so far of season two. I need to hear your top five musicians right now. <sighs> Let's start with Jamie and then we'll go on to you, Mark. Okay, top five. Mine are pretty like basic. Well, yeah, basic-ish. I'll have like Drake, Nav... I'll have, you know, I listen to a little bit of everything. So I've got Drake and Nav. I've got Frank Sinatra in there. Really? Yeah. Holy shit, what? <laughs> yeah, I listen to all sorts. I've got Tiesto. All right, Tiesto's uh, bad, yeah. Uh, no. Oh, shit, do you know what? You just reminded me. You listen to, like, old club shit, yeah. Because I remember yeah. me and you had a, a little thread on Twitter the other week. Because uh, you were listening to Special Deacon with me. Yeah. At the end of every right, they used yeah. to, <laughs> you know when I was like eight years old, yeah, my nan, because like my my nan had my mum young, my mum had me young, so like when I was like fucking ten, my nan was only like I don't even know maybe fifty, you know what I mean? And um, she used to drive an MR2 sports sports pack car, and she used to drive me around in this little sports whip, playing Special D, come with me, mate. That's all I grew up on. Literally, was fucking Clubland classics, literally nonstop. You were pretty green eyes as well. Banger. Yeah, that's a that's a banger. Mark just lagged out for a second, but he's yeah, back. He I'm back, I'm back. My internet just randomly just decided to cut off for like 10 seconds. <laughs> it's cool, good. it's cool. Go on. Uh, what, so we're saying Tiesto, Frank Sinatra. Uh, Drake, Nav. Yeah. And then right now I'm going through like a like a rap kind of phase. So I'd probably put like Lil Skies in there or some. Yeah, oh, Lil Skies. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah, it, it, my music taste just chops and changes all the time. That's that's one of the more interesting selections that I've heard. It was pretty like, I mean, Lost Guys is a newer edition. Uh, do you, are you listening to his newer stuff or like more of his like stuff from like 2018, uh, 17 with Landon Rose? It's more newer stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, Marky B, what we what we saying? Um, number one artist right now, Polo G. Yeah, yeah, probably the best um, rapper at the minute. I think. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent agreed on that. Um, honestly, like Roddy Rich, uh, who else? There's no way you're not saying Drake. A boogie. Um, there's no way. There's no way you're not saying Drake. There's no way you're not. Oh no, I'm gonna put Drake. Drake's Drake's fifth guaranteed. Actually, like he's in the top five. Yeah. Um, he's just honorary in there, like always. I don't even put him on the scale because he's just kind of like on his own world. You know, I mean, he just releases baggers. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so he, he he's in there for sure. 
Um, I think fourth, like, to be honest, I might have to go with, um, just because I still listen to him, Juice World. Yeah, I still, Juice I still bump okay. all kinds of old Juice World tunes. Respectable. I like it. So there you too, go. Too respectable this, you know. To be fair, like, mine's not far off Jamie's, but, like, I would, I would take out Frank because I'd put in Prince. Bro, I listen to so much Prince. Uh, Prince is fucking bad boy. Right. I'll get us some... some... <laughs> yes, man. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Yeah, I'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> Song's incredible. Right. Mr. Craven, the new Englishman, making a name for himself. Now, what's the journey been like for you recently? How was it adjusting to this CDR life? Obviously, you're not you're not new to competing on big stages. We saw you in 2019 yeah. at Champs on Black Ops 4. But is there, is there kind of a newfound pressure for you moving on to a starting roster? Uh... Well, you'd assume there's pressure, but I don't know. I just kind of just don't really feel pressure. But I don't know. Coming in, like, I was doing my thing in the challenges. I finally started getting a rhythm. And then I just got uh, the call up one day saying, look, you're coming in. And then, I don't know. I've always, this is what I've been, like, preparing myself for, for like, my whole car career. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I've just come in and just done my own thing. Like, that's all you can do. You, don't, you can't really... Like sit, you can't afford to sit and think about like what people are gonna think of you and what the fans are gonna tweet you or what the casters have to say. You just gotta do you. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, do you do you tend to thrive off it more than you do let it dishearten you? Yeah, uh, I like to any neg like anything people say to you negatively, you can always turn it into like a, a mm. fuel to be better, and uh, that's what I tend to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can imagine it's been slightly difficult stepping into the shoes that you have obviously with Zin being benched social media wasn't quite about the feelings (laughs) toward the move now as someone who I'm assuming puts in endless hours and has consistently grinded to be where you are like you just said did you initially find it disheartening or did you feel unwelcomed when stepping up Uh, not really because people weren't really directing at me it was more towards the org Mark any Mark gets a lot of flack for stuff um, so I, he can touch on that, but for me, I, a lot of, there was a lot of people like who were also tweeting like, "Why, like, don't go at Insight?" Like he didn't have a yeah. say, and it. it's not like he, he was one like who initiated it or anything like that. Like I just got told this is what happened, and then I have to follow it. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, how's it feeling being back alongside Mister Mister Kleenex? <laughs> yeah, man, that's my duo from like uh, day one. Well, yeah, I was watching... A1, um, like, coming up, yeah. I was watching yeah. you two on um, Black Ops 4 today. I was watching the champs right at the back. Yeah. And just watching you two against... Uh, was it... Wait, let me think. Was it MV? Was it yeah, MV? MV yeah, was yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just watching you two back, bro, when... I think Kleenex dropped some dumb... Uh, forgot what map he it was. Insane map yeah, he had that insane map Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane, bro, watching that. He yeah. was just piecing. It was fucking disgusting. He got the four-piece of the grab slam. On a yeah. on the hard point, yeah, it was revolting, bro. I was watching it back today. Kids you two, yeah, you two are freaky together. That whole roster was disgusting. I like you, the way you did yeah. that upset chance was fucking. I think you, was it you and War the same day that caught, I think War upset Spice and then you guys upset on the yeah. yeah 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 yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was good to watch, <laughs> man. It was fucking good to watch. Seriously, yeah, great for Marky B's point of view as well. <laughs> yeah, Lewis always re- lets me remember about that time when he uh, took me out in the vetoes. According to him. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have, I mean, Jamie, did you have a burning desire to prove people wrong considering the way you came out in that opening series versus LA Thieves? Yeah, it's more, yeah, just a point to prove. I, like, it's like never easy for new people to come to the league. There's, uh, like, there's always, people have been there for years. So like to come in and take their spot, you've got to prove why you should be there. And like, I don't know, just like, just came in with the desire just to show like this is what I'm made of like obviously for me kind of thing yeah I can imagine so Mark from your perspective what's it like having Jamie on the starting roster now yeah I mean I think he touched on it a little bit he's got a lot of determination and like motivation to to improve himself but not only his, himself but the team and I think that that's that energy and positivity has been really good for the, the roster Um, and yeah I think he's just He's really great, great at taking criticism on board. He kind of ticks all the boxes in terms of like mindset, etc. Um, and you know, he's a great individual player too. I think he's got a lot of great things about him. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking about him as an individual player as well, outside of obviously the mental aspect, more towards just his play style. Has his play style overall benefited the team? Yeah, I think he's um, like stylistically uh, plays slightly slower than Zinn, and we've got quite a you know fast-paced squad. Um, if you look at the way Cami and Toby etc. play, and uh, sometimes they just you know need like that kind of slow, slow iron boots guy that we call Jamie in the back, um, just being a disciplined sort of player yeah. and doing what needs to. Doing what needs to do at the end of the day. I mean, Jamie's had a, obviously a bunch of great series. I mean, the London series, for example, Jamie just did what he needed to do. Like the rest of the squad was going off. Jamie just had kind of average series, but then he's had great moments throughout in other matches as well. So it's just if he if he has to go off, he's going to go off, and then if he has to just go even, that's what he'll do. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's good for you as a coach having someone knowing that you've got someone in the roster that can do that for you as well. Um, I mean. How's the transition been moving back over to a 4v4 competitive title? I mean, obviously you spent last year over looking at 5v5. You've gone back to a 4v4. Has it been a difficult transition period or is it was pretty easy to come in with that coaching outlook? Um, honestly, it's, it was pretty difficult at first, um, changing and back from 5v5 to 4v4. Uh, just even things like the spawn system and stuff like that at first, I think was like a massive yeah. uh, part of our yeah. understanding of the game. And it's like, at first I was like, wait, these spawns are, seem so dumb. And then I was like, actually, this is how the Call of Duty spawns are supposed to work here. Well, <laughs> we've been used to this <laughs> yeah. squad spawn system for a year and it completely, if anything, destroyed the COD IQ. Um, needs to rebuild that a little bit. Um, but in terms of like the team and stuff like that, I think that 44 obviously changes a lot of dynamics within the team and, and you've got one less guy um, going into this season. We obviously had Nick last year and then... We um, sort of went in with the same roster without him at the start of the season. Um, so, like, losing Nick was a big part of that, like, just reducing the amount of players in the in the team. And obviously that kind of changed the communication dynamics and stuff too. And I think that's where, like, Jamie's came in being, like, a kind of, although Jamie's a new player to the squad and young guy by all means, I think he's still fairly experienced if you look at his COD history in terms of how long he's competed for, etc. So yeah. I think he's came in and been a very good le leader figure for us as well. So... Um, that's another note. That's good to hear, yeah. I mean, there's obviously been backlash all over social media, like we said previously. People are almost uh, about Zinni being moved to the bench. Um, now, obviously, people only see what happens on uh, you know, on a COD stream and people only see a timeline. At, but people don't know what's happening behind the scenes and people don't always know what happens uh, when it comes to a playstyle, like you said, in the way playstyles benefit and complement others. What happened in and out of the game to lead to their decision? I mean, obviously, Zin overall was playing well. Uh, we've seen him reference multiple times on Twitter, you know, the only CDL player to pull off a 1v4 in an S&D this year. You know, he led Toronto for KD uh, at the end of stage one. Now, admittedly, as we know, the deeper picture is KD's and everything, but to the average competitive viewer, you can understand why they questioned the move so heavily. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't really an issue about um, his performance or anything <clears throat> like that. It was like more so on, you know, Jamie was playing very strong and, uh, we thought that what Jamie had in his locker was complementary to the team, and it wasn't exactly like Zinn was um, an issue. You know, we just felt that this was the best move to improve the team, um, and that's what we did. It's like at the end of the day, there's roles and stuff that come into account as well, and I think that um, that's the kind of main thing into it. I think that at the end of the day, we've got a, a team here. We had five players at the start of the season, and my job is just to assess what the best four, I believe, that can um, win as matches. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I understand exactly what you're saying as well, and I think obviously, from from your point of view, like like James said a little while ago, you've seen a lot of the stick for that move, but ultimately the bigger picture always is to ensure the the future success of Toronto Ultra and then make sure that you guys go, uh, you know, on the streak that you can within the league and continue to win as much as you can. Um, why do you think we saw the uproar that we did when it came to the move with Zin? Because I think compared to if you look at recent roster changes and compared to previous roster changes, this one seemed to cause a much bigger ripple amongst personalities within the COD community. Casters and pros alike in some sense of almost disbelief at the decision that was being made. Now, do you think the fact it was a full European roster didn't sit too well with the NA community? I mean, yeah, I, I can understand why that could be sort of portrayed that way. Um, but at the end of the day, I've just I know the truth in that, and that that's not the case. And I just pick the four best players, so um, like to to win games. 
So at the end of the day, you know, I think that I'm not really too worried about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I appreciate you answering that question. I know it's a difficult one. So no, I mean, no. Honestly, it's, that's that's the simple fact of the matter. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I don't. It's not a difficult one to answer at all. I think that's the straight up truth to it. Like, um, there's no bias from me. It's just, yeah, yeah. I think that this was the best roster to get results. Yeah, I mean, so just to break it down a little. So before the move, Toronto lost to Rocker. They beat the Mutineers. I think you guys took. Took the L against Optic, Paris, and LAG. I think you guys won in a free loss streak. I'm a, I think, am I right? Am I right? I hope I'm right. Uh, you guys then beat Rocker in the Revenge Series before taking down Ravens, and you were three and four overall in pro matches. Then you saw a final loss to LA Thieves and put you guys at three and five. And it wasn't the worst record, obviously, definitely not the best. However, your opening game in the Toronto Ultra Home Series saw you guys take on the LA Thieves again with the addition of Jamie. And it wasn't such an easy game for them this time, do you know what I mean? With the previous 3 0, you guys flipped it to a 3 2 map five. Um, was it a collective of reviewing the first game and what went wrong, or did Jamie's addition just have like an immediate impact on the team? Um, I think that. If you look at that series, I think we, we were improving a lot in practice going into because obviously we had a week or, or so of practice beforehand. But I think really it was still an issue of time that series too. Like we didn't have much reps on. Um, we were playing S and D a lot, but at the end of the day, you can only in the space of a week probably get about four or five reps on a scrim on certain maps and teams and scrims. For example, like Miami, which we lost game five against LA Thieves. Um, is a map that people play a lot differently because it's a very disciplined, slower-paced map and teams are just trying their mad, outrageous strategies and scrims, which they aren't really doing in, in matches. So um, at the end of the day, we were just sort of thrown into a lot of situations that we weren't in in practice. So it's about learning from those. Um, it was still a, a thing of time for our team, I think. Um, and that's why we lost that one. But we were showing a lot of signs of improvement. So we we're still staying positive going into the next weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jamie, question for you. I mean, off the back of Zinni being moved to the bench, we've seen people calling for the likes of Ben to be benched instead of him. Now, Ben being one of the most mature players on that team surely offers much more than people realise. And again, like I said, your average COD fan just looks at KD and nothing else. Do you know what I mean? They look at a leaderboard, they look at a scoreboard yeah. in the game and they go, fuck, he's shit, drop him. They have <laughs> no idea of the stuff in, in between and behind this whole, you know, this whole scene that is competitive COD. Now... Ben has years of experience competing at top flight. Uh, yeah. And just like anyone else does, ultimately, everyone has a rough patch. Do you think people have kind of used the situation with Ben to grip it and blow it out of proportion? I mean, from your view as a player, what does he bring to the team? Well, like you said, I mean, he's very experienced. He was like, what was he? The, one of the only Europeans to ever win, like... Um, an event with the NA teams in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he won stage two. He was on like the, U the EU stage God one. Squad. Stage yeah. one on IW. Yeah, he was on the EU God Squad. Um, he's got that experience behind him, and like, yeah, like people just look at KD. I mean, KD's all right. I mean, it shows kind of like where players at and like how they're kind of performing. But like, you don't see the pinches he does. You don't see like the the slide in front of a teammate and die deaths. You don't. You don't see any of that on the mini uh, on the scoreboard, and um, yeah, like he, he's just a good teammate to have. Uh, I mean, if you listen, if you go to our listening, you'll hear him. He's very vocal. He is like a he's someone that you can just bounce off in game. Um, uh, yeah, KD, I don't know, the sub player, and he's got a, yeah, you know, a great KD. I think like, there's quite a simple way of answering this. Really, I think yeah. if you look at COD. Basically, if a team is, we were we weren't winning matches, right? If you're losing matches, you're probably in a lot of bad situations. You're dying a lot. You're gonna most of the time look at those bottom tier teams, like the sort of where where we were, you know, where we still are currently. We're still in the bottom half of the table. Um, the, if you look at the bottom half of the table, a lot of the teams SMGs are not going to be performing statistically well because at the end of the day, the teams that are performing well and winning more matches are having better KDs, and that's why the, where you're seeing more sort of disparity between SMGs but I think the bottom half you're not really seeing amazing performances throughout the uh, throughout the teams yeah 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 I'd agree so pushing forward from that I mean obviously you guys took on undisputedly probably the best team in the game right now in phase what is it about them that makes them so good from a coaching and player perspective um so from my point of view like where that was our second ever like 
game as a team, like as the four like that's been put together now. Uh, we had like a week and a half practice, and like if we're being honest as a team, like we did the vetoes, not to our strengths, and phase. I don't know. They're just some of the best players in the world right now. They just they make every team they play look silly at point, at times, and it was just like a it was like a Jesus. I was like, that, that's how I felt after. I was like, what just yeah. happened? Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I and I'll say I think that like there was a lot of things that that we as coaches did wrong in that series. I think that like Jamie said, the vetoes, um, and also I think the approach in terms of. We felt like we were a little too frantic in the games before, so we tried to come in with a more of an approach to like calm it down. But I think when you st when you come in with that approach and then you start off slow against a team like FaZe and you've got no energy and it's like you're just getting railed. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, it just it just wasn't good. Um and I think that was honestly the worst version um of this team yeah. uh, against FaZe, who who are against obviously the probably the best team in the game right now. So yeah. um well undoubtedly. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um, so it's one of those things I think it was just their best versus our worst as well I mean looking at this game and it's current meta do you feel it suits FaZe's roster like to a fucking teak I mean just what, from, from watching it it seems to definitely yeah yeah I mean yeah the current meta is definitely um, I think towards them they've got a bunch of talented players and the guns are sort of you know pretty easy to use it's going to be interesting to see actually when that changes obviously to the new patch and stuff and guns are slightly different but We'll wait and see but i think yeah. right now they're just a very strong team overall and i think it just comes down to a mixture of things from a coaching perspective i think they've got a really good uh, coaching team rj and, and crowder who are like great coaches and then easy mac who's a good analyst um yeah. and then you know i think they've just got everything really uh they've got the way crowder you've seen in the rossonins and stuff yeah he's more sort of the leader you know he's like the guy who's keeping them calm in those moments and and doing what needs to be done there and then they've got uh, RJ is more heavily involved, I believe, in their scrims because I notice he's always the guy that's in the game. So there's like different elements in in their coaching staff, and obviously they've all their players have got different strengths too. So I think they've just got a good bunch of good mixture of everything, really. Yeah, dynamic. No, yeah. I agree. So you guys got revenge on LAG the following weekend again, showing the impact that the change has made with January to the roster. Now. You guys as a team obviously must be putting a lot of practice in. What's the current routine like for you guys in terms of hours invested? What's a normal day consisting of? Um, uh, yeah, I can answer that. I think that yeah, go on. We, yeah, our typical schedule, or I mean, we're playing six days a week. Um, one day off, which is typically Sunday or Monday. Uh, usually, first scrims that we'll do like a do vods beforehand. Not every day, but. Um, VODs beforehand on some specific days and then we'll do VODs afterwards on some other days and then we'll usually do um, sort of 2pm normal scrim 4.30 best of 11 then the next day we'll probably just do two normal scrims and then the next day we'll probably switch up again we kind of change up our days really have best 11s on sort of every second day um, so we're getting the S&D practice on yeah and then yeah I mean, do you try and vary? Do you have like a set team that you scrim consistently through the week, or are you trying to always keep it fresh, playing you know as many teams as you can from the current active franchises? Yeah, I mean, we definitely try and keep variety up. We will even like to play against AM teams on S and D as well, but it's been a lot more difficult recently because we have to play on the old patch while they're playing on the new patch. So yeah. like, we can't play against AM teams, uh, which is kind of annoying for us because we always f uh, feel like the amateur teams are really good at search really good search practice because they're putting way more reps into search and destroy because they're playing it in their tournaments um so that was something we would always take advantage of last year and this year just playing against amateur teams on snd um but yeah so that kind of sucks at the minute but yeah just try to get a good variety of teams like you said um good mixture obviously we don't play specific teams if we're playing them that week and stuff like that or if we know um yeah i mean we have teams that we obviously like to practice against we feel like we get better practice against certain teams too but all the teams are good right now um yeah. and that's the thing i think there's no bad team there's no team where you're like oh i can't bother scrimming them today man they're shit like every team yeah. is good <laughs> and i think that wasn't the case at one point but yeah. i feel like every case every team is now good yeah. i think it's kind of similar to um to last year in terms of what you know the way we saw optic start off well i say optic chicago start off on modern warfare and they were kind of really good toward the start of the game seemed leaps and bounds above and then everyone kind of caught up and every team was kind of you know putting up numbers uh, I think the deeper you get into a game, the the more consistency you see across the board. I'm assuming. Uh, James, I've got a question. Yeah. I've got a question for you here. I've been told to ask you about your breathing routine. 
<laughs> uh, who's asked that? Uh, I believe it's your other half, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I wake up every day and I do 20 minutes of deep breathing exercises. Um, helps helps calm you down. Yeah. Um, tap into the, the vagus nerve, I believe it's called, Ramal. Ram will the, the what's it, the, the, the vagus yeah. nerve the vagus nerve yeah. <laughs> okay uh, anyway yeah I do this breathing and I do four seven eight breathing before games and stuff it just helps you like calm down and like put you in a good mindset for the yeah. day no I can imagine um because obviously I don't I don't want to waste a, a day practice or whatnot especially in the pro league like every day is important to get better so. yeah. Is that something that helps you kind of reset in like a tough situation? Let's say you're going into like a map three two zero down or something. Is that something that you'll do to kind of just keep your core, take you into it nice and calm? Yeah, yeah. Because some people like you go like some people go into the game a bit frantic, a bit nervous. Like oh, like if we lose this map, we've lost. Like if you just reset the mind, you go into it. Oh no, don't worry about it. Just play your game. Uh, just it's just a lot easier to be honest. Mate, it's actually really interesting to hear. I think breathing is crucial in like fucking everything, to be honest with you. I mean, um, yeah. like when it comes to like even, I mean, like me just applying it to, yeah, to gym, exactly. Me just applying it to gym. Like, mate, the, the breathing technique in lifting is absolutely crucial and people overlook yeah. it. Like the, the people think form is their biggest issue. Nine times out of 10, it's just breathing. People just like, yeah. people go down for a squat and hold their breath all the way back up. And it's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just people that have no kind of sense of breathing through a routine. So I can, to be honest, Matt, I completely agree. You know, I actually think it's something that's very mature and good to do. So um, yeah. good on you, man. I mean, yeah. talking, touching on the uh, on the uh, sorry the the am thing that we just spoke about there, like you said, with screaming ams. What are your thoughts on new blood being given a shot? I mean, obviously the likes of Paul has been added to London and had a major impact. We've seen Jamie move to the starting roster. Uh, obviously not, you were on the sub bench anyway, but obviously moved to the starting roster and had a great impact. Are you too a fan of giving top hams their shot? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that if you look at how, um, I mean, we Jamie had success last year, and obviously we've. We signed him as a substitute player for this season, and and then you look at going last season as well. Coming into Modern Warfare, we signed a bunch of players that had success towards the season that maybe other franchises didn't give a chance. Like of Cami, who just came top six at champs on Black Ops Four, but no team wants to pick him up. But imagine an NA player came top four at cha- top six at champs. Yeah. I'm sure he would have been yeah. in a franchise. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, that was an easy one. And then players like Kleenex as well. Same thing. It was like easy, the just the freest to pick up, really. Yeah, I was like, that, "Cheers, lads! Cheers for the free players." I, I, I agree with what you're saying. There is, if you look at, if you just were to sit back and look at like Kleenex's performance, like we said earlier, over like 2019 champs, just like him overall as a talent, he's fucking disgusting, mate. He's actually disgusting on the sticks, and yeah, the, con- the consideration that they're like, uh, uh, you know, I'd have been bidding for him all day. Like, I, I do, I don't understand how like. Like he said, like him being the freest of pickups, I, I, I struggle to understand why he was. Yet again, I mean, obviously these are my words, not yours, but it is the fucking absolute tragedy of him being European and not fucking NA. That's the issue. Right. So this weekend we saw you guys take Raw Ravens in a much more convincing fashion than the first time. Uh, so I believe the first time you played them, was it 3-2 you won? Yeah. I'm yeah. right, yeah. Uh, you 3 0 them this time. And a map five straight into a three-zero, and a great output all round from the boys in purple. Now, is there a different feeling when competing against fellow Europeans as opposed to your NA opposition? Mm, for me, there is. Yeah, it's like because obviously we know each other. Everyone knows each other. As you're like, um, to just go into that game, you have to win. Like, it's just there's no doubt in my I gotta win that game. And like, especially yeah. like Shawnee and Zed, they were like, I came up with them like. An AW when I was 15, they were like one of my first teammates, like Sean and Zed. So it was like going into that, I was like, <laughs> I've got to show them why I'm the better one, you know, from that team. Um, it's all, it's all in like, um, word, good spirit in the word, but <laughs> yeah, good spirits. Yeah, like we're all friends at the end of the yeah. day. But it's, it's a healthy competition. Like you, you want the bragging want rights, sort of bragging rights kind of thing. Yeah, 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 bragging rights. I get it. I completely get it. I suppose it's the same as you know, if you were competing against friends in any sport or anything that you do, you're ultimately going to want to beat them more than you do anyone else, just because you know them. Do you know what I mean? You've got that connection. Yeah. So I completely get it. I completely get it. Um, 
I mean, touching on something as well, obviously, last night, yesterday, we saw the uh, the whole situation with um, Hagi apparently being dropped from West R and uh, Zinni taking his place. Um, what are your thoughts around that? Um, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I think that, to be honest, it came as a surprise because Zinni uh, failed to failed to drop me a text message. Um, but <laughs> I, I found out via the Twitter, um, via the Twitter, what, what am I saying? But um, <laughs> via his tweet, and uh, obviously it's a good move, I think, for him. Um, he's going to be playing a little different role for what he's used to. He's going to be playing alongside another main ER, so he's going to be playing a little more aggressive. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely of interest. I think it's uh, the best team he's possibly getting the challenger space at the yeah. minute, so it's a good move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, challenges as a whole at the moment, obviously there's been this conversation, this running theme almost of, uh, EU versus NA. It's been a conversation for weeks with agendas at times seeming to lay dormant until sparked up by another Twitter debate. Now, from your perspectives, seeing both ends of the barrel, Jamie, you know, you experiencing firsthand the NA amateur scene last year and the year before with SMG, and then Mark, obviously, having the job of overseeing talent. What are your two's personal opinions on where the current talent pool peaks the most? Probably start with you, Jamie. Yeah, I'll go... So, with the EU and NA, so if we take the top, let's say, top six teams in EU, top six teams in NA, if you put them together and play, like, main play against each other... The EU teams will probably come out on top, which has been the the case at events when LAN events were a thing, like the past two years now. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it comes down to NA teams constantly change all the time, and EU teams like they kind of st- they stick and they have that that teamwork, that, that like dynamic in game, and like they always just come out on top. But then what I will say about NA is that they kind of have that more depth in talent to like further and further you go down in the EU, it kind of like, like sparked, like fizzes out with talent. Whereas like NA, you could say, oh, you can make an argument for this player being good or this player being good kind of thing. That's where it kind of like teamwork in the EU and the talent overall at the top level, I'd say is better than overall in the NA. Yeah. The NA has a lot more depth to it. No, I yeah. agree. And yeah. to jump on the end of what Jamie said, I think that if you look at um, some of the, EU challengers players, I think there's definitely a few in there that haven't got opportunities that probably should have. Um, yeah. So like I think at the very top, there's like a, there's players that are sort of raring for an opportunity for expansion or something along those lines where there's um, more opportunity for them. Um, but like Jamie said, I think that if you look at, I'll watch matches where Jamie's playing um, when Jamie was in challengers or when Zen's been in challengers and they're playing for top 32 and it's like a tough game. Like they're playing against tough teams and there's like, there's matches that are really really tight at the very start of the tournaments really before you even hit double elimination and yeah. i think like jamie said it kind of fizzes out towards the end but i think there's that's also to do with i guess the probably players seeing that they're not getting opportunities really from europe so a lot of players are hanging up or and stuff like that and it's yeah. kind of been an issue in europe for a while um from even my time there was like players that were before I became a professional player that were great but never really kept on it before it, until it kind of exploded so I think it's one of those things there's always players that are kind of moving on in life and stuff like that more so in, in Europe too yeah, yeah 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 moving into the next major obviously later on this week what have been the main focuses for you guys as a team moving forward to ensure that you play to the best of your ability uh, it's a tough one I'd say in game we've been definitely focusing on like our control. Obviously, that's apparent that it's not our strong, our strong suit. But I don't know. The team itself, it's more like I don't know. It's just it's a hard one. You got anything to say on it, Mark? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that for me, um, the main focus is like you said, in-game control. Um, continuing to grow our map pool by just getting better at some of the some of our weaker maps. I mean, we've got quite a strong map pool at the minute. Um, we yeah. just need to continue to strengthen and, and refine those little mistakes. Like we feel like checkmate's a strong map. We obviously lost that last night um, against New York, and it came down to little minor decisions, little minor mistakes. So it's just about continuing to fine tune those maps that we know we're good on, and continue to um, sort of believe in ourselves in those maps. Um, and yeah, I think apart from in-game stuff, I'd say my main focus has just been on keeping everyone positive and just uh, thinking forward and not really sort of. I think really before we could have had an issue with pondering and 
focusing a little bit too much on the negatives. Um, and yeah. I think it's, it's important to definitely do that and focus a lot on the on the things you're doing wrong. But I think it's also massively important and what I've been trying to focus on a lot in the last couple of weeks is just kind of remind ourselves what we're strong on and staying positive in certain aspects rather yeah. than just focusing too much on the negatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great, great look to have, especially from a coaching aspect as well. I mean, um, flipping the question, I know it must be difficult for you to answer, Jamie, considering the team. Have you personally got anything that you're working on in your own game to try and improve you as a player? Yeah, I mean, we have like uh, meetings every week where like we obviously talk to Mark and Ryan like one-on-one. Um, and I openly always say I can work on things. There's elements of the game that I can always be improving. Um, what I'll, for example, sometimes I can be more, I can I need to be more vocal. I feel like I am at a level where I am consistently being vocal, but there's always room for improvement. Um, that's just how it is in my gameplay. Like, I'm I'm my heart my harshest critic. So like yeah. I'll never settle for being good enough. I always want to be better. Um, and that's the mindset I've always had. Uh, so yeah, just uh, there's always things you can improve on, and then you don't think there is, then you're lying to yourself. I agree, mate. I agree very much. Um, for me, looking at Comp Cod as a whole right now, just just in terms of viewership and I suppose general conversation. Back. Uh, the game seem the game seems to be losing a little traction for me. I mean, I think we're seeing like pretty low numbers on quite a few of the recent match days and even the usual like you know the the peaks that you expect to see when you see teams that possess huge fan bases such as like Optic and and Dallas and you know these big teams that play. I don't think we're seeing that huge peak in viewership that we're used to. Um, however, I suppose this year we're seeing a lot more matches played uh, in, in a short space of time. Do you think the majors are the key focus for most fans? And do you think there needs to be more done to bring fresh eyes to the COD League? Mm, I think, yeah, um, to answer the... I think that, I don't know if the majors are the key focus. I, I'm not answering for them that mm. on that. But I do think there there definitely could be more um, done to sort of promote viewership and stuff. But, I mean, there's there's a million things that could be done realistically. And I, I think that there's it's just up to them to sort of want to do it, really. I think there's... Mm. A lot of opportunity there that you see from other esports and how they do things in terms of sort of generating more viewership for um, matches and stuff like that. And I think that there's definitely could be more done from the competitive landscape, landscape. And I think that no one's really denying that, really, to be fair. Yeah. So, across all your years of competing for both of you, this is, by the way, Jamie, who's been your favourite person to kill? So, if you had to pick kill. one player that you've killed or one person's death that you enjoy seeing in the kill feed the most... <laughs> Who is it? Who like who gives you the highest sense of satisfaction? So when I kill him, I go, yes, dude. Yeah, like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's uh, <laughs> a tough one. Um, I know my answer. <laughs> Locked in as soon well, as the question was asked. Well, go on then. You throw yours out. And I'll, I'll I'm, think I'm, I'm, Baker can guess. I'm sure. I don't know. Calm Swan. <laughs> yeah, I Calm was going to say Swan. <laughs> Calm Swan was my favourite kill, probably. <laughs> He's my, favorite, my favorite. he's my favorite kill in Among Us. I know that much. <laughs> I've only I've only beat him like once or twice, maybe who knows, maybe three times. But um, I just let him know. I let him. I remind him every single time, even though he's beat me more. I remind him of that one time that I got him. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Sean for mine. Johnny, Royal Ravens. Most rewarding yeah, kill, yeah. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Like, See, that's again, yeah. that's speaking of that competitiveness, though, isn't it? That's the point, is that you know him so well. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, old duo. Yeah. Obviously, a friendship like is there. And so, for you, you know, you want to, you know, his ability, and you obviously you enjoy, you find that enjoyment the most. It's, it's, it's understandable, man. It's interesting. You know, I know Mark's got a strong uh, relationship with Swan as well. So, you know, as you know, you both said two, two former teammates that are ultimately two friends as well. So, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 100%. Cod Champs prediction. So, who wins Cod Champs, and which two teams do you think are going to face off in the final? Now, obviously, odds are you should probably say yourself here. That's boring. I always hate the. Uh, I hate <laughs> questions where you say yourself because then it's like everyone's like, "Ah, oh, you got." All right. Yourself. So, what you should do? So I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna. We're out yeah. of the tournament. We've been banned. From the league, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're out. Yeah. We're out. We've been banned. All right. And I get in the final. It's gonna be. Uh, New York subliners who are gonna win the winners final. 
They're going to win the winners' final. Or actually, is there... Who knows? <laughs> they're going to win the winners' final, and then they're going to get come back on by a lot on the grand final. Okay, okay. They're going to lose the grand final. What are you saying, Jamie? Who? So we haven't been banned, but just excluding the question. Uh, I'm going to say... Okay, we've been banned. We've been banned. Uh, I'm going to put New York up there as well. But then I'm also going to throw in a curveball and put Optic in there. Yeah. yeah. Optic NYSL. Yeah, you know, I, like I actually think the same. Like, low-key, I, I think Optic NYSL. Yeah. I do, I genuinely do. I think... Um, I think Dallas are going to have a strong finish. I think Dallas will be third, I do. I think Dallas will be third. And I think Optic will win it. And then Worcester will be second. I think Faze are going to fall off, man. They're done. They're done now. They've had their fun. Like you said, <laughs> as long as they beat Ravens today, so you guys obviously get winner's bracket. That's that's all that matters. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Atlanta Faze. <laughs> Shout out to Atlanta Faze. Go Please close it out, lads. Come on. <laughs> right, moving on to some, yeah. to some Twitter questions. So, Snaps asks, who do you think is the GOAT? GOAT. Yeah. Gotta say Damon Barlow, right? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can give it to Damon, man. What if oh, you had yeah, to, what I, if you had Damon's to... definitely the conversation, but I think yeah. I don't think Damon or Clay yeah. for me. Damon or Clay. Him, man. You're going Krim. I'd love it to get I'd love to give it to Clay, but I think I've got to give it to Krim, man. It's one one boys. I just think I just think because of how I mean Clay was obviously a part of complexity as well, but I think it's probably for me as well, just pl competing against those teams, like how dominant they were. And comp obviously, competition is different now, but regardless, you can only be as good as the teams are around you. You know what I mean? You can only improve to a certain standard, but they were like leaps and bounds above the other teams, like yeah. by yeah. a country mile in terms of like the strategy, in terms of like the way they thought about the game, etc. So I just think that that's why you've seen Crim Six dominate for so many years, sort of bouncing from that. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. He, he just knows how to get the get the job done and get wins so you're going Krim so, and you're going Mr Barlow yeah, yeah? alright I'm going to change to Clay I'm going to change to Clay because he's been got three rings and he's still competing now and he's still at a top level so yeah. I'll give it, to, give it to Clay Clay's a fucking freak bro I love Clay so I think like if you were to from a completely competitive standpoint if you look at like the GOAT if you say who's the GOAT based on just pure skill and achievement obviously you would say the likes of Clay or Krim or Damon um Obviously, I think Clay swings it more for me as well. Just the fact that he, you know he's still competing and he's still doing what he does on multiple rosters. As we know, you know he's took last year's roster and this year, and you know, and bringing through younger players and just doing fucking bits of them. So I don't really think yeah. it's a a, ser a difficult question for me. However, if you were to switch the question, if you were to look at it for like who's done the most for card, like who's the goat when it comes to just Call of Duty and helping it grow, like it's got to be Scump. There's no way it's anyone else, surely. Maybe Nade. Maybe Nade. Definitely Scump if you're if you're taking that into account for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No doubt. And and like to be fair, Clay Clay gets massive props for that as well. Yeah. He's been about for longer than anyone else, yeah, and yeah. he's always done a very good job of being a good representation of the college that he's mm. seen. So I think like that's the the biggest thing. No, I agree. I just think Scum's got Scum obviously with that YouTube game and that that content creation game so early on just bought in crazy viewership for the league. I just think he uh, him overall is just a fucking household name. He's doing it comes to card, I suppose. But yeah, yeah him and him and that optic brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That branding's crazy. Right, Dylan asks, do you think we'll see another UK-based franchise next year, considering there is plans for expansion? Uh, who knows? I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to hope so. I think I would. Ra I would like to see more European leagues. I'd like and more European teams because I think that it, um, it's going to give more opportunity to grow Call of Duty in Europe as well. Um, I think there's like a lot of good markets over there as well. You look at Spain; they've got massive fan bases. I think that that's a kind of untapped place. Um, yeah. But you, I think UK maybe. Who knows? Mm. But I think Europe as a whole is. Is where I'd definitely hope to see more franchises, and I'd, yeah, I'd like another. Don't get me wrong, I'd love an extra UK franchise. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I'd, let's Glasgow. switch that question. If if there was going to be, <laughs> let's say there was a European, uh, a European franchise spot that opens up next year, uh, where would you want it to be, Mark? Let's say you got asked to be the head coach. What's what like? What country are you hoping to go to? What city are you hoping to go to? 
all right so i've been i've been sacked and i'm i'm struggling <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and 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 the u and i've got my pick of the litter from the uk franchises yeah um or are you ten, or are there's, you? there's fa- there's five new cities yeah, yeah. in the uk um i'm Probably. Could be anywhere in Europe as well, though. You could, you know, you could be picking it somewhere in I Spain. I don't know, man. I, I'm just gonna have the boring answer, man. I don't know if I can add to this. I'm just gonna have the boring answer and say, "Oh, I would love it in Glasgow." But Fuck at the end yeah. of the day, but at the end of the day, right? Okay, let's take away that. Jesus. Exactly. Like again, I hate, I hate the boring answers. <laughs> I hate the boring answers. All right. I hate them. So we're moving on from Glasgow, and we're gonna say that um, I'd probably like to move to somewhere. Probably somewhere in Spain, to be honest, just for the weather, man. Yeah. I'd actually just love to live um, in a warm climate for once in my life. Yeah. I think that I've never really experienced that. Uh, so I think that would be one thing on my bucket list at one point, to just live in yeah, somewhere that's yeah, warm yeah. rather than just rain all year. My Mallorca, I would. I, I'd want Mallorca. I don't know what you call them, though. The Mallorca maggots. There you go. I'll have a team with me. The Mi- yeah, <laughs> something like, like that, mate. <laughs> Just good Jesus. weather, man. I won't give a fuck. We'd have a facility lot on the edge of the beach. Scrims, scrims would be <laughs> with like, outside. Yeah, yeah. San Miguel. San. That's it. That's all you need. Right. Jake asks. So, similar question, actually. Flipping it. So, you've won 25 mil on the lotto, yeah? And you've, yep. and you've bought an EU franchise. Let's say, you know, you've just bought your Magaluf little franchise. <laughs> what? Who's the roster going to consist of? We'll start with Jamie first. Now, bear in mind the roster that you're building. Nobody with a current contract you can use. Yeah, so I'm, I've hung up the sticks. I'm crap. Yeah. I'm going into coaching. Uh, picking up. I'm okay, on, on you go. Uh, <laughs> right. So I need a mania. I'm building a European roster. I'm taking. I'm gonna take for my mania. Mm, throw Siggy Maple in there for some uh, some vibes. Okay. We'll take for a sub. We'll need two subs. Uh, for me subs, I'm taking taking Hixie. Yep. And I'm taking taking Detain. I'm a bit biased here. Yeah, I can sense it. It's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> And then for the flex roll, checking bids. Okay, right. <laughs> Wait, hold right, on. Okay. Did you just name your team? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, right, yeah. Right. right it's my old team. All right, sound. Uh, we'll I'm throwing Hixie in there. He has throwing Hixie right, in there, to I'll be put, fair. He has, yeah. Becoming talent. Then I bought my sub bench. I'm putting Harry on there. Okay, I like it. Right, okay. It'd be a naughty fucking team. I agree. Definitely put up numbers. Right, Marky yeah. B, fire away. Let's hit this, let's hit this roster you're building. Bear in mind, they can't be contracted. Only AMs or previous pros. Well, they can't be contracted. Hmm. Hmm. I'd probably have uh, Nasty Flexing. He's uh. not contracted, right? Hopefully mm-hmm. not. I don't think he is. No, we'll just say he's not. Carry on. <laughs> um, AR. Hmm. Honestly, ah, struggling with this one, man. Looty. Fuck it up. Jeez. Lewis should bring some vibes. He would bring some vibes. Throw, throw some names my way, Jamie, man. Oh, throw some names you on my... you, You've been scouting talent. <laughs> you've been watching no. challenges and you're asking for my help. I'm not, I'm, not look, I'm not looking at the I'm not looking at the challenges many hours. Uh, I'll tell you well, that for three. We've, yeah. we've got two. <laughs> we signed you from EU challengers. So I'm not I'm not looking at the EU challengers ARs currently. Uh, so who drinks who drinks the, the next up apart from yourself? I'll throw a list out there and you can pick from the many hours. I'll list them and you can pick. Chilton, oh, yeah. Got... Do you said Chilton? Yes, you've got Wee Man. You've got Dave. You've got BB Connor. You've got Maple. Um, what else is there? I mean, Harry technically, but he's more of a flex than a main. They've just got two flexes running it. Um, I'm trying to think like top teams and Vidian. And Fuck it, actually, fans. no. Shock right. it! I'm, I'm, we're taking, we're taking that team, and we're doing their composition. So we're just having Harry and Nasty, both, both running it, even though they're right. not, none of them are traditional main. And then we're gonna have SMG, Hexy, 
and then final SMG. I'm all right. I've got you know. to go this. Actually, wait, hold on. I'm not bad. I, I am. Hold all right. on. I know what I forgot here. My old, my old boy, Adrian, SMG, medals. He's in there. He's in okay. there as the fourth. I dropped like forty the in the league. Remember the Spain franchise. <laughs> Dead serious. I dropped like forty plus in league play, man. I'm, I'm pretty nice. You just let me know anyway. Right. <laughs> I got some little tweets. I've pulled up some questionable tweets. Uh, not always questionable, actually. They're just some basic tweets, to be fair. And what I'm gonna do is test your two's knowledge of the team. See if you can guess who tweeted what. Okay. Okay. So, uh, starting off with tweet one. I got called a nervous shit fuck in rank play today. Sorry, I'm not sweating out USS Texas S and D for 25 points. Uh, that's gotta be like Cam or something. Oh, what about you, Mark? What are you saying? Yeah, uh, Cam. Yeah, right, we're both going Cam, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that would be Benjamin Bantz. Okay, in 2017. No way he tweeted. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Mate, like, listen. I pulled up some good tweets today, but they were not. a lot of them were not suitable, so I've avoided them all. Right. Uh, <laughs> no so, someone ordered me Domino's. I'm starving. Smart tweet. That's, that's got to be Cam. <laughs> it's just Cam. It's just got to be Cam, ain't it? Domino's. He loves Domino's, lad. Am I in these? Uh, you might be. I feel like I'm going Cam, before. mate. Lock it in. I'm locking in Cam. Right, Mark's locked in Cam. What are you saying, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've treated them before. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to throw myself under the bus, though. I'm going to fucking... Mm. Let's put... Yeah. Alright, let's go with Cam. Okay. You've already said something. Come on, now. Right. Uh, it's Benjamin Bantz again, 2016. <laughs> so we know. Ben, Ben, when Ben went rogue, mate. He didn't used yeah. to. He never eats pizza. Oh, mate, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm never picking tweets from 2020 or 21. These are always old. I always pick. Oh, yeah. Right. Losing weight has made my ICR shot better. <laughs> Me, I think. Well, it wasn't me for sure. Cause so my Jamie's saying thinking, him. So. What are you saying, Mark? Um, hmm. ICR. Yeah, I mean, it's there's only there's only two people it can be really. It could be yours then. So I guess it's got to be you. Yeah, correct. Ding ding. It's Jamie. <laughs> yeah, 2019. Right. Quality of competition right now is fucking ass. Absolute fucking ass. Interesting. That's quality of competition. I feel that's just not. Yeah, I don't think you would tweet that. Would you? Yeah, I'm gonna go cam again. Third time. Come on, come on, come on. What you say, Jamie? You're in the same. <laughs> yeah, I've got a cam. Okay. Uh, that would be Marky B, 2018. I was thinking low-key it could be me. I was thinking right. low-key it could be me. Because right. I did think I was the dog's bollocks on, uh, on <laughs> World War Two. I actually did. And I was, not going to lie. So I, I don't know why I said I thought I, I was. You right. tweeted it and it didn't come to your mind that you tweeted it. It was a long time ago. That was back in my playing days when I was slapping you about. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so, I want to show off my tan, but I'm fat. Just know that I'm looking brown as hell. I feel that's me. That's me again. That's I feel that's me. I'll say it again. I want to show. I want to show off my tan, but I'm fat. Just know that I'm looking brown as hell. I feel like I've tweeted that, man. And if I've not tweeted that, I should tweet it. So Mark, so Mark saying himself. What are you saying, Jeremy? Hmm. If it's not me, then I should tweet it tomorrow, when the sun not comes Ken. out. Not Ben. Howie wouldn't tweet something like that. It's got to be Mark. Marky B, 2017. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I knew it was me. See, truth is, boys, uh, I looked for some cami tweets. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to avoid all cami tweets. Okay, so that's what I did. <laughs> uh, I, did I didn't borrow any cami tweets, but yeah. So before I let you two go, look, man, I want to hit you both with one final three-part question. Um, Jam, we'll start with you. So you're trapped on a desert island, okay. You can take one album of your choice, but the album that you take, you're going to have to listen to every day. You can take one meal of your choice, but the meal that you pick, you're going to have to eat every day. And you can take one TV series or movie of your choice, but you're going to have to watch one series or one movie yeah. every week. Jesus Christ. So, for the album, it's got to be like a Drake album. Yeah, it's got to be. I don't know, I feel like you just can't really like get tired of that. Nah, I don't so, man. Hotline you, you probably get tired of anything. 300 days in. You'd be losing your head, mate, I think. But yeah, you mean, <laughs> you're going to lose Nah, I'd be doing it, I would. I'd be taking it. I'd take nothing with the same deluxe all day. All day. No problem. That's a, that's a good show. I'm probably taking a Drake album, but I don't know which one yet. See, then... take care for me is number one, but like I was going through like my my teenage like break breakup shit at that point. Do you know what I mean? So like it resonated yeah. with me really well. Like I was going through a lot of like fucking teenage drama. So like take care you used to make me like cry like like little girl. So <laughs> so uh... it's, it's album. Yep, a Food. meal. And the TV series or movie, just one or movie. Yeah, I, I, I've got that easy. So though. basically, the album, album? The, the album. Yeah, but you got to listen to this every day, Mark. You have to listen to this album every day. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm packing it right. Album. Polo G, Die Legend, right? Okay. Food, steak. What am I gonna have on the side? I'm gonna have asparagus as the veg. Cause I've got to have some veg. I'm eating every day. You know what I mean? Oh, actually, no, we can't eat asparagus every day. I actually shock that. Jesus. <laughs> you're oh, eating you're steak and asparagus every day. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, what is like, wrong with you? It would be, it would be class. What do you mean? That would be class. It wouldn't be class at all. You're, yeah, I mean, I'm picking that, alright. So that's what I'm doing. Um, and then you just having steak, I don't know, mashed potato or chips on the okay. side or something. I don't know. So say you need um, some carbs, man. Yeah, yeah. So the mashed potato or chips, one of the two. You know, we'll, we'll go with chips, right? Yeah. Because chips are always good. Um, and then TV series. That's a hard one, man. TV series is the hardest part, I think. Because there's so many TV series that have just been stinking at certain parts. And I'm yeah, just like, I would just get really annoyed over and over, just over and over <laughs> again. Just watching that same bit again. Oh, like, oh my God. Again. Game of Thrones again, man. Oh! I, I, bro, he's, he's Game of Thrones like, actually worth the watch. Yeah, 100%. I've never watched, watched it. I, I watched I watched like half of the first series and then stopped watching. <laughs> Look at him. I'll see you later. Um, I'm good off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that bad? Is it like genuinely? Nah, it's just that you both haven't seen it. I'm mind blown. Oh, I don't think okay. I'd never been in a room with where I was 33% of the room and I, I was the only guy that watched uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, well, here we are. Yeah, but I, I remember watching the first episode and it started off with some geezer fucking his sister. So like that was enough for me <laughs> to turn it off, bruv. <laughs> what's going on there then <laughs> and then he pushes a kid off a window for looking at him like you're the weirdo mate the kid's not weird for looking at you, you you're doing your sister you dodgy div was he pushing you off the window for it no nah, that was enough for me I turned it off I was like yeah I'm not watching this anymore alright so I've got steak I've got what well, I mean you haven't picked a series yeah um, I'm probably gonna go power or something you know okay that's actually a show to be fair alright I get it I understand that choice because then you can yeah. kind of remember normality, like, yeah, oh, this yeah, is what, yeah. well, I mean, not like that, that's the normal life, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not Game of Thrones, like yeah. dragons and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm taking a Drake album. I'm taking a roast dinner. I'm taking Peaky Blinders. Right. A Drake album is a cop out. What the fuck? <laughs> what, album. what album? Okay, 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 okay. I'll take uh, the, what's it called? The Scorpion? Scorpion, okay. Really? All right, you know, okay, okay. I get and it. And I'll, t- I'll take a roast dinner, and I'm taking Peaky Blinders. Mate, I'm taking, nothing was the same, deluxe. I'm taking a large Big Mac meal with extra fries and a chicken mayo. And then I'm taking <laughs> Friends. Bro, literally, I can't turn Friends you off, You'll be bro. slumped. Bro, I'll just be slumped watching Chandler make shit sarcastic jokes. It'd be the best. I'd just be on my island life. I could do that, no problem. Easy. I think I'd so last it. 
50 years, no problem, before I wanted to die, no problem. Right, thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. A massive thank you to you, Mark and Jamie, for joining me and sharing what you have. Now, if you tuned in late, go catch the podcast from the start, along with all of Season two's installments. Just search the Bakery Podcast on Spotify and make sure you follow us. Jesus, I forgot to talk then. Make sure you follow us all on Twitter to keep up to date. Enjoy the rest of your evening. See you guys later. See you guys. Goodbye.